Broadcasting live from the Treasure Island Sports Club, it's In the Huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, presented by Tequila Embajador. I want to thank you very much for making my day in the sun so memorable. What's good, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. It is a Friday you're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embajador. Man, there's a lot of Cowboys rolling around. Huh, I wonder why that is, Vinny. Well, there's a big rodeo uh, in town uh, over at, I think it's the Thomas and Mack Center is where they're, is where they're doing it. Um, so every time around this time of year, Las Vegas gets taken over by uh, Cowboys. Uh, and that's cool. Las Vegas welcomes everybody. Uh, just be cool, right? Uh, act accordingly. Have fun. Eat, drink. But be safe and all of that. And uh, it's kind of cool to look around and see the – every time I come here and I am live at the Treasure Island Hotel uh, over at the Golden Circle Sportsbook, every time I come here, um, it strikes me how diverse the crowd is. Um, you have every type of sports fan in here right now uh, watching a whole bunch of televisions, eating and drinking some great food and some great drinks. Um, and everybody's having fun, uh, obviously, and everybody's tuning in to some uh, – some, what's that college football game up there? I'm trying to figure out uh, who's playing. It is the uh, e- oh, Conference USA championship game. So uh, uh, that's cool. We're going to get, obviously, the uh, Pac-12 game tonight. Kickoff is pretty quick here, uh, a couple minutes over at Allegiant Stadium. But it's, it's really – it's so great about Las Vegas, uh, the diversity of it, and everybody – comes to Las Vegas. I don't care if you're a cowboy, um, you know, uh, going to the rodeo, uh, somebody going to one of the shows, a Raider game, uh, a Golden Knights game, any one of the hundreds of, you know, whether it's a comedy show, a concert, uh, of all, um, you know, all all kinds of, every type of music, every type of play, every type, all of the entertainment, um, you know, that you can think of. Every great restaurant uh, that's here, obviously the gambling, uh, the casinos, and the action of that, it just draws everybody. And on a big weekend like this weekend where you've got a Raiders game over at Allegiant Stadium, they're hosting the Washington football team. You've got the Pac-12 championship game tonight uh, at Allegiant Stadium. Uh, you got the rodeo in town. Uh, it just it takes on a, a, a really great feel. Uh, here in Las Vegas, and I got to give Mark Davis uh, and the Raiders so much credit for honestly having the vision uh, of being here and understanding that it could work and what it would mean uh, to this community to build that beautiful stadium, uh, Allegiant Stadium, uh, and what it would draw and what it would mean uh, to this community. There's so many big events uh, that are scheduled. Uh, to be at Allegiant Stadium that have already happened at Allegiant Stadium tonight, the Pac-12 championship game. Unfortunately, uh, Oregon uh, didn't take care of business the last time they played Utah because had they, they would be playing for a spot in the playoffs uh, right now. Uh, But they slipped up against Utah. It was their second loss of the season. So they're probably, I would say, for sure on the outside looking in. But the Rose Bowl is still at stake, uh, and that's always a prestigious bowl game. So we'll see who prevails tonight um, at the Pac-12 championship game. But you've got the Las Vegas Bowl coming up, um, and that's a Pac-12 Big Ten uh, uh, tilt that'll be coming up in, I think it's December 30th, uh, over at Allegiant Stadium on Sunday. 
um, before the Raiders host the Washington football team. We're going to find out. There's going to be a big an- announcement over at Allegiant Stadium on who's playing in that game. Uh, could be Wisconsin. Could be um, Arizona State. Might be UCLA. We don't know. But all we do know is it's a classic Big Ten Pac-12 game, and that's the Las Vegas ball over at Allegiant Stadium. You've got big, the Notre Dame is going to be playing against BYU um, here pretty soon. I want to say it's in two years. Uh, could be next year. Uh, Got to check the calendar on that. But LSU is going to be playing um, USC at some point at Allegiant Stadium on one of those kickoff classics. I'm sure the Super Bowl is going to be coming to town uh, here pretty quickly. The Pro Bowl is here next year, actually, for this season in February. The uh, Pro Bowl is going to be over at Allegiant Stadium. You got the NFL draft uh, coming uh, in April. I could go on and on and on and on because that's what Allegiant Stadium has meant to this city. And yes, this city has always been uh, an entertainment mecca, a mecca of fun. But Allegiant Stadium was the game changer of all game changers. Uh, As I was driving here to the Treasure Island Hotel, um, passing Allegiant Stadium and seeing all the fans that were already gathering over there, it just, it was such a cool feeling and such a good feeling um, because that's what that stadium uh, means and that's the kind of draw it's going to be. Without further ado, we would like to go out to the Raider Nation guest line uh, and welcome in our good friends over at the Neuropathy and Pain Center of Las Vegas. Dr. Odell um, is joining us now. How you doing, Dr. Odell? And Dr. Shaw. We've got the double, we've got the uh, duo again uh, tonight, Dr. Shaw and Dr. Odell. How are you guys doing? Doing good. Good to hear from you. Uh, likewise, likewise. Um, guys, uh, I, I was just telling the listeners, you know, driving out here uh, today and uh, passing Allegiant Stadium uh, and seeing all the fans from Utah and the University of Oregon, the Pac-12 championship football game uh, is, is going down over at uh, Allegiant. Kickoff is in a few minutes uh, for both of you guys that have been here for so long, and Dr. Odell, I know we've talked about this, uh, but as somebody that's been here just under two years, it's still astonishing to me um, the growth of this city and uh, how big it keeps getting and what the Raiders being here and Allegiant Stadium being here means to this, uh, to this community. Both of you guys have been here a long time. Dr. Odell, if you could talk about what a game changer all of this has been. That, that it's unbelievable. When they were building the city, I was traveling to Tennessee every other week, and as they were building the the thing, I, I you know, four four thirty in the morning, I'd look to my right and see it. It just I, I felt so much pride. I, I I just never knew that anything like this would happen. Back in the days uh, 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 when my parents were alive, my mother I did my mother's mailing list uh, with a computer. And there was a lady named Oakleman. They were uh, neighbors of ours in Wisconsin. They lived in Las Vegas, and I thought, oh, God, living in Las Vegas, how awful. Yeah. Like, you can't, you, you can't make this stuff up, and it's awesome here. I'm lucky to work in the two nicest news places in the country is here and in Knoxville, Tennessee. You know, I really am, yeah. Dr. Shaw, uh, I know that you went to college here uh, at UNLV. You played football here. Could you have envisioned uh, this, you know, um, 10 years ago, 15 years ago? I, you know, ever since I was a kid, I've been hoping uh, that Las Vegas would have a uh, NFL football team, and I've waited a long time, and 
every state playoff game was held at the Silver Bowl, and every <laughs> all of our college games were held at the Silver Bowl, which essentially meant you had to get in the car and drive 20 miles out in the middle of a desert to go watch a football game, which made it tough going home, especially if you've had a couple of beers. So now that we've had, we have this wonderful state-of-the-art uh, facility right there on the Strip, and how the heck they pulled that off was a miracle. And, I mean, what couldn't have been more perfect, not only uh, for the fan base here, for the Raiders, but also for UNLV. Just outstanding. And Dr. Shaw is going with me to the game on Sunday. Hopefully. Oh, nice. All right. Uh, look forward to seeing you guys uh, over at Allegiant Stadium. It's a big game. Uh, for the Raiders, and, and along those lines, uh, everybody wants to know, okay, what's the status of Darren Waller, the Raiders' tight end? Um, I've had fans hitting me up on Twitter, on email, uh, Raider fans, obviously a lot of the Raider fans, fantasy football fans, uh, because Darren Waller definitely piles up a lot of numbers and helps fantasy football owners, uh, so everyone wants to know what his status is. But I'm glad I have both of you guys on today, Dr. Shaw and Dr. Odell, because... Um, you know, Darren suffered a knee injury on, um, on Thursday against the Dallas Cowboys. But I don't – I've never heard of this type of injury, and I, I'm hoping you guys can shed some light on exactly what it means. He strained the IT brand uh, – band, I should say, uh, in, his, in his knee. Um, if if uh, Dr. Dr. Shaw, maybe uh, you could start off with, what exactly is the IT band? Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you it's, uh, it's, it's actually a little difficult for even physicians to wrap their head around, and I'll tell you why is the terminology. Um, the IT band is nothing more than an elongated tendon that runs down the side of your leg, and it inserts on the side of your knee. Um, and for whatever reason, you, you, whenever you sprain your wrist or sprain your ankle, they call it a sprain, but when you sprain your IT band, they call it IT band syndrome. Uh, <laughs> partially because they don't know what causes it um, or how to fix it. But it, it, uh, it certainly can be debilitating if not treated properly. Uh, but essentially, it's used as a tendon to help uh, abduct your hips, or in other words, to bring your feet you know, away from your body or bring your, bring your leg away from your body. And um, the insertion point of that IT band just anchors right there on the outside of the knee. And so you, you see it a lot with runners. Uh, you know, marathon runners, um, you know, sprinters, uh, speed skaters, and, and certainly through traumatic injuries through, through football. But, it's, it, but it winds up being a, uh, a micro tears of that, of that tendon um, that, that attach at the knee. And unfortunately, you know, like all tendon strains, you have to, you have to apply the, the RICE method, the R-I-C-E, the rest, ice, compression, elevation. And that's... Uh, in, in, in normal circumstances, it's easy to do when you're not an NFL player. You know, you wait two weeks and it typically resolves. But, you know, with these guys, uh, the challenges that they face is that they have to compete every week. And the more that they use it, then the more they ke- it keeps tearing and, and not healing. So it's a, you have to find that balance between allowing it to heal and, uh, and keeping in good shape so you can continue to perform. Um. When you talk about a, stra- uh, a, uh, a sprain or a strain, uh, I'm sure there's degrees uh, to it, and I'm not quite sure what the degree is uh, on, on this particular injury, but could you give us kind of a, um, you know, uh, a, a, a range of what, the, of what that might be in terms of the actual sure. strain? Yeah, so it's typically grade one, uh, grade two, or grade three. Grade ones are your mild strains. They typically take two to four weeks to completely resolve. Grade twos involve 
more tearing of the fibers, which means it's just going to take longer for them to heal, and unfortunately scar tissue forms, um, and takes a while to get rid of that. Grade threes typically are reserved for those that completely snap the tendon. Uh, I, I, I think we would have known about that if he had a grade three. So he's probably somewhere between a grade one and grade two. Um, just by definition, that's at least a, you know, two to four week healing time. Um, if he's, if he's got, you know, trainers, which I'm sure he does, uh, they're applying all the modalities that he needs. It could speed up the recovery time. Yeah, uh, and Dr. Odell, it doesn't. I mean, I think, like Dr. Shaw said, uh, we would have known uh, if this was the more, the most serious uh, injury because he probably would have ended up on on the injury reserve list uh, as uh, as well in that uh, scenario. But uh, Dr. Odell, um, from a from a pain standpoint, um, what is he looking at right now, and what kind of um, you know uh, help could be uh, there for him in that regard in, in reducing that pain? I tell you one thing. I wish I had the Synexus device yep. in their training room because that would be a miracle. I just gotta get you or somebody to go in there and talk to these people because this electromedical device reverses neuropathy. I had a guy work comp patient foot drop. He couldn't raise his foot. Numbness and pain in his left leg. It's all gone. We need to fight the work comp company for these simple electrical treatments. Not simple, but this guy's a new person thanks to what we did. I mean, we do stuff there that Mayo Clinic can't do, but. And, and other than that, I really would have to defer to the training staff and to Dr. Shaw. They have they have some electrical stimulation that's, you know, it's like comparing to sex, like comparing an MRI to an X-ray. But um, they know, they, they within the confines of what's, what's within the, whatever's being done, he's going to get the maximum, the maximum full court press because, you know, he's chasing, and chased by 300 pound people for a little right. <laughs> Yes, Doctor Shaw famously told me, <laughs> I, and Doctor Shaw knows, Shaw knows that uh, full well, uh, w- w- without question. Uh, another injury, because you know we don't just talk about the Raiders. This is a uh, you know we talk about the NFL, and, and fans are are very, um, especially when it comes to you know fantasy football teams and and wanting to know what the status of, is of, of certain players, star players. Uh, I wanted to talk to you about talk to you guys about Dalvin Cook. He's a running back with the Minnesota Vikings, uh, and he suffered a disco, dislocated shoulder uh, last week on Sunday. Uh, that's going to put him on the shelf. They they think for a couple of weeks. That sounds like it's kind of ambitious to me that you would come back um, in two weeks off a dislocated shoulder. But you guys can speak uh, more accurately about that uh, and explain why that's possible. Uh, but the key to this whole thing for me is that uh, this player. Uh, last year, I think it was, or maybe two years ago, tore his labrum. And there was a real concern when the injury first occurred that he had re-torn that labrum. Uh, As it turns out, it wasn't. It was just a uh, dislocated shoulder. But it got me thinking, um, when you do tear your labrum, do you become more susceptible to that same exact type of an injury, or is that just by happen chance that, that it almost happened again for him? Maybe we want to explain. Uh, we can explain what the labrum does and what it is. Basically, it's soft tissue that makes the cup that the shoulder is in larger. It extends the cup because the shoulder. If you look at the acetabulum, the anatomy, um, the acetabulum. You look at the uh, the, the uh, complex. You'll see a very very slight cup. It's not as as not as it's not as uh, uh, as uh, robust as say say the. Uh, um, you know, other joints, like the ball and socket of the knee. So that's what a labrum does. 
Steve? Uh, well, so it, it, it's been my experience that typically when p- uh, patients uh, tear a labrum, as long as they can remove the bony impingements, which they typically do in the surgery, then there, there shouldn't be any problem with recovery. Uh, if those bony impingements are not removed, then there's always susceptibility. But having a torn labrum, you know, a year ago, I wouldn't say necessarily makes him more susceptible to having it re-injured if he gets hit in the same capacity. Although, you know, I mean, common sense has to prevail on this. I mean, when you've got guys going full speed running into each other, I mean, that, that always makes you success, uh, susceptible whether you had a previous injury or not. That being said, just the injury alone, as long as he has the proper rehab um, and physical therapy, uh, then he should recover fine. As far as the dislocation goes, and there was no, and, and we're sure that there's no tear. Uh, my only concern is the uh, is how badly the ligaments that hold that that uh, ball and socket joint together, the integrity of those ligaments. If they've been stretched too far or torn too much, then then he could possibly dislocate it again much easier. Now, again, dislocation is different from tearing. Um, so your original question was how susceptible is he to re-tearing? I don't think he is, but I think the dislocation makes him susceptible to having it dislocated again. When you hear um, the possibility that he could be back in two weeks, and that's the time limit, that, they've, that, that that's the time range the team has put on that, uh, what does that tell you about the, I guess, the severity of what you were, or, or the range of what you were talking about in terms of... Right. Yeah. yeah. So, so not without having the advantage of, of seeing MRIs or any diagnostics. I mean, you know, in short, you, you can have ten cents worth of an injury or a hundred dollars worth of an injury or anywhere in between. And he may very well have just had closer to the ten cents worth, and therefore will recover a lot quicker. Now, obviously, if it was more profound, that we're looking at more recovery time. So, um, that just tells me, again, without the advantage of having the MRI, that it probably wasn't as bad as it, it could have been. We're talking to Dr. Uh, Stephen Shaw and Dr. Robert O'Dell from the Las Vegas uh, Neuropathy and Pain Center here in Las Vegas. I tell you guys all the time um, to please give them a call. We all know somebody that's dealing with pain, whether it's ourselves, a friend of ours, a parent, a grandparent, a relative. We all know people uh, and are close to people that are dealing with something uh, or another. And oftentimes, uh, for whatever reason, people just decide, well, I'm getting a little bit older, I just got to suck this pain up and and deal with it, and that's that. When in reality, uh, there's alternatives, there's relief, there's procedures um, that are out there and available uh, at a a, uh, moderate price and uh, easier available than you probably think. Uh, and that's why we urge you to call them at 702-257-7246 because whatever you're dealing with, they're going to have some answers. Whether they can take care of it uh, on their end, probably in a surprising um, uh, manner to you uh, because a lot of people do get worried about what this might entail, what, how much it might cost, uh, what the procedure might be. Dr. Odell uh, and, and Dr. Shaw at the Las Vegas Neuropathy and Pain Center have procedures that are less uh, worrisome than you might think. So please give them a call uh, over at 702-257-7246, whether it's for yourself or, or, or somebody else. Uh, and Dr. Odell, uh, to that end, um, anything that you wanted to uh, talk about in terms of what you guys have going on uh, over over there at the Neuropathy and Pain Center? Yeah, we recently partnered with Stella, which is a national group that treats people with post-traumatic stress disorder. 
um, involves doing a, a, a little block in the neck and then the appropriate psychological and psychosocial rehab. And um, this is a, a, these nerves that are in the neck have a direct line to the brain, the amygdala it's called. And uh, when you have PTSD, from doesn't have to be from just from war, it can be from sexual abuse or bullying or anything, or even perceived a perceived uh, uh, life-threatening situation. Um, this can 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 reset whatever that means physiologically, and lower down your 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 alert status, your your acute anxiety, and then with a proper proper uh, follow-up, um, it can change people's lives and. I did want to let, let anybody out there who's a veteran, I'd be happy to treat you uh, for nothing uh, with, these, with this block and with the support of Stella. You know, uh, it'd, be, it'd be my honor to do that. Uh, if you know anybody with PTSD who's a vet or, or currently serves, it's, it's something not a lot of people know about. It's fairly simple. It, it's, a, it's a technical block. You have to be careful, but that's what I do. And I'm telling you, it's, it's, uh, it's life-changing for these folks. Well, you just heard it, uh, and please give them a call, 702-257-7246. They've got answers. They've got relief um, at the Neuropathy and and Pain Center in Las Vegas, um, even for things that you might not even be thinking about, uh, and the cause of it and uh, the cure for it or the relief uh, that they can provide. So please, again, call them, 702-257-7246. Dr. Shaw, Dr. Odell. Thank you so much for spending some time with us in the huddle. We'll check back with you guys uh, next week. A big game for uh, the Raiders over at uh, Allegiant Stadium. Enjoy the game. Um, and Are the you going to be there? Are I will be there? there. I'll be there up in the press box. Uh, so uh, why don't you text me and let me know where you guys are going to be. I'll come, up, come down and say yeah, hi. I've got my neighbor's tickets across the street, so they're supposed to be good with a, with a parking pass. You can't beat that. Awesome. Well, enjoy <laughs> the game. It's a huge, it's, it's a big one. Uh, for All the Raiders, right. they really need to win. So enjoy it. We'll see you guys uh, over Thank at Allegiant you. Stadium on Sunday. Uh, Thank you, Vinny. That was Dr. Robert Odell and Dr. Stephen Shaw from the Neuropathy and Pain Center of Las Vegas. 702-257-7246. No matter what you're dealing with, and we're all dealing with something, um, don't sit there and think just because you're getting older, you have to deal with pain. That is an, an, an inevitable part of life. It is an inevitable part of life, but also... It's getting more and more inevitable that there's relief out there for you, and the Neuropathy and Pain Center of America and Las Vegas provides it. 702-257-7246. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embajador, Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m. on a Friday. Welcome back to In the Huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, live from the Treasure Island Sportsbook. Absolutely. Um, Yeah, Darren's day-to-day up in the air, just like you said. Um, I'm preparing like he's not ready, but I'm also preparing at the other spots if he is ready. So uh, that shouldn't be any issue, and we're excited to play on Sunday. That's Raiders tight end Foster Moreau. We spoke to him today over at the practice facility uh, in Henderson, and I'm not going to sit here and say that Darren Waller isn't playing on Sunday against uh, the Washington football team. Nobody knows the answer to that, although it kind of looks like it's probably headed in that direction. We just talked to Dr. Shaw and Dr. Robert Odell from the Neuropathy and Pain Center, and they kind of uh, explained what um, type of injury Darren Waller had and some of the recovery uh, time periods. So, um, you know, even on that grade one uh, that Dr. Shaw mentioned, it's usually about a couple of weeks um, at the least. 
Uh, so I think that's probably the more realistic time frame, and that would, uh, for the Raiders, hopefully put Darren Waller on the field next Sunday, a week from this Sunday, in Kansas City against the Chiefs at Arrowhead Stadium. So um, I think that's probably the more likely scenario. We'll see. There's still a couple of days to play with here. Uh, maybe Darren wakes up and miraculously feels really good uh, on Sunday, and he's able to play. But I think the more, I'm not going to say more prudent approach uh, because I don't know exactly what the pain level is, where he really is uh, physically, but it just seems like the more prudent approach would be try to get through this game against Washington. Foster Moreau is more than capable uh, to, to give the Raiders some relief at tight end uh, and be, have a productive game at tight end. He's done it before. He's filled in for Darren Waller before, remember. Uh, the, the, the Raiders beat the Philadelphia Eagles earlier this year without Darren Waller. I frankly think that the Eagles are a better team than the Washington football team. So, um, you know, they've already been able to beat a good, decent Philadelphia Eagles team without Darren Waller. Maybe the best bet uh, is to stay away from him this week, let him give him a, a, another week to be able to recover and get better so that he's in a better position that when he comes back, he's going to be able to stay back, right? Uh, the last thing you want, um, and we've talked about this about Trayvon Mullen, who's, who's working his way back from a long stay on injured reserve, was finally able to get back to practice uh, this week. We'll see what that means. Um, it looks like he's more likely to play on Sunday against the uh, Kansas City Chiefs a week, uh, in, a, in a week or so. But... What Trayvon's goal is to be as close to 100% as possible, not rush it, uh, and so and put himself in a position where it's not going to be a start and stop. That's the last thing you want, where you come back and you, 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 know, you maybe come back a little bit too soon, and all of a sudden you lose him again for another couple of weeks. So the key to that is uh, for, for somebody like Darren, for somebody like Trayvon, really for anybody um, – Get as close to 100% as possible and put yourself in a position so that when you come back, you're going to stay. And the Raiders really need Darren Waller for these next five games after Sunday's game against the Washington football team. So I guess if I was calling the shots, um, that's probably the direction that I would go in. Uh, it's tough to tell a competitor not to play. Um, you know, You know Darren Waller wants to be out there. And you know the Raiders understand that they need him uh, out there. But I think there's enough talent on this football team, especially if, uh, if, if Deshaun uh, Jackson's able to play, that they can hold down the fort without Darren uh, in this game and then get him back for the uh, bigger uh, run, and that's the next five games. Because when you think about those next five games, we've talked about it before. It's the Kansas City Chiefs. It's the Cleveland Browns. It's the Denver Broncos, it's the Indianapolis Colts, it's the Los Angeles Chargers. That is an AFC playoff contending gauntlet uh, that's coming up. And I think the Raiders, for their purposes, what they would love to do, what they would like to do ideally, is win this game against the Washington football team, get as many players back, Trayvon Mullen, Darren Waller back uh, for that Kansas City Chiefs game, and then hopefully roll uh, with that crew as healthy as possible uh, across those next five pivotal games. And, you know, we sit here and talk about it all the time. How many wins is it going to take 
to get the Raiders to the playoffs. They're at six and five right now. There's six games left. You do the math. If they win out, uh, that's a 12-win team. I think 12 wins gets them into the playoffs without question. I think 11 gets them into the playoffs without question. 10? If they win 10, ga- ten, you know, 10 games, that means going 4-2. Uh, and two, Or no, that would be 5-1 and one, uh, the rest of the way. 4-2, and two. yeah. Four, what am I talking about? Yes, 4-2. and two. Gets them, no, 4-2 and two gets them to, yes, gets them to 10. I could see that. I could see uh, uh, a playoff spot with, with 10 wins. You start looking around in the rest, rest of the AFC, especially if it's, if it's against the right teams, if those four wins are against the right team. Um, that should, should get them in the playoffs. But if I'm the Raiders, I think 5-1 and one is, is what the goal has to be right here. I mean, obviously you want to win all six, and that should be the goal every week that you go into a, a, a game. That's the game that you want to win. Um, but I think you know, 10 to 11 wins should put them in a good position. And look, 10 wins this year after everything that the Raiders have gone through, um, and we don't need to rehash everything, but it's been a lot. It goes without saying. 10 wins would be a nice step in the right direction. 11 would be a great step in the right direction. I think it would really solidify their spot in the playoffs. But it's one game at a time. Uh, they, they always talk about that. Um, and, and, and we all understand that. And that starts with the Washington football team. And, you know, they come here on a bit of a roll. Um, I'm a little suspect on the teams that they've beaten, aside, of, of course, from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That was a great win uh, for the Washington football team. Um, but, you know, aside from that, you know, I watched them against the um, Seattle Seahawks on, on Monday night. Not real impressed right now with where the Seahawks are. Something's not up. Something's wrong with, with Russell Wilson. Uh, I've never seen him uh, play as or throw as inaccurate uh, as he did, play as indecisively as he did against the Washington. And I'm not giving Washington all the credit for that. I think that it's more what's not happening right now with Seattle, what's not happening right now uh, with, with Russell Wilson. But it was a win, and the, the Washington deserves all the credit uh, for that. I just think the Raiders are a much better team right now than Seattle. I think they've got way more weapons offensively. I think their quarterback is playing better uh, than Russell Wilson. I don't know exactly how well that finger feels for Russell Wilson. I figure that's got to be playing some sort of a role in how he's throwing the ball or how uh, inaccurately he's been throwing the ball. He missed some open wide receivers in that game. Derek Carr is playing a lot better uh, than, than, than Russell Wilson. This offense... I think has more weapons than the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, and if they're, especially if they can score early, especially if they can um, put some pressure on Washington and force a guy like Taylor Hinkey, a young quarterback, to have to play coming from behind uh, and have to play maybe without that running game um, to lean on as much as he has in these last couple of wins. It's different. When you get out to a lead like Washington has and you're playing from ahead uh, like, like Washington has, uh, it just... It makes it a little bit easier on taking some pressure off of your quarterback, not putting too much on his shoulders, uh, leaning on that run game, especially if it's working. Um, it's been it's been cooking up a couple of wins for the for the Washington football team, uh, that formula and that recipe. But I don't know if that recipe is sufficient to beat the Raiders, to be honest with you. Um, and I think for that reason, you know, this is a game that 
the Raiders can win, the Raiders should win, and the Raiders, frankly, uh, have to win. You know, we had some fun today with uh, Foster Moreau, by the way, because we all know Foster Moreau is a LSU um, alum, a proud LSU alum. He grew up in Louisiana, uh, went to high school there, was a big-time recruit for LSU, um, didn't play on the national championship team, uh, was there the year before. He graduated the year before, but uh, obviously cares a lot about um, about LSU and what's going on there. And we all know that Brian Kelly, the Notre Dame coach, up and left Notre Dame um, just as they were potentially going to go to the uh, college football playoffs. We'll see how all these uh, conference championship games play out and whether Notre Dame has a realistic path to the playoffs. But Brian Kelly leaves Notre Dame to go to LSU. That happened on Monday, literally when we were on the air, Monday night. Uh, uh, Brian Kelly makes that decision, and the news broke. And so getting a chance to talk to uh, Foster Moreau today and about the hire of Brian Kelly over at uh, LSU. Um, Damon, do we have that sound of, uh, 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 okay, um, and, there's, and there's a couple more that we're going to play here because we had a little fun with Foster today. He's always great uh, to talk to. We love talking to Foster. But here's what Foster said and maybe didn't say about the hire of Brian Kelly at his alma mater. Of course, fit's always important, chemistry's always important, but uh, the more you could be around people, the more you can understand where they come from. And uh, obviously, Coach O knew just about every, every inch of Louisiana and anything in that soil, and that, that was very meaningful to the state, uh, obviously to um, the university, and he was an incredible, not only coach, but ambassador for football in southeast Louisiana. Okay, we went a little out of order there. Uh, that was the follow-up to uh, the first question when we asked him about the hire uh, at LSU um, and, and Brian Kelly going to uh, LSU. Uh, uh, Damon, do you have that one? Uh, Moreau on the hire at LSU. Okay, if you, if you happen to find it, it was the one right before um, on the fit. Um, so if you find that, just give me a heads up uh, if, you, if you do have it. But he wasn't real happy with Brian Kelly. And I don't, it, it's, it was hard to tell whether it's because he doesn't know him, whether he's heard things about him, whether he just doesn't feel like it's a good fit. But there was a good long pause uh, that Foster Moreau had um, when we asked him about that hire. Uh, but uh, hopefully if we can, if we can find, that, find that sound uh, in a little bit, we'll get to it. Uh, but I, I do enjoy – okay, here we go. Uh, here's, here's Foster Bro talking about the hire at LSU. So I haven't seen the press conference that you guys are talking about, so I'm probably not the best person to ask. Um, and uh, my mom always said if you don't have anything nice to say, you should probably just keep it to yourself. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know anything about Brian Kelly, truthfully. Uh, I know he's a family-oriented man, and I'm excited for the opportunity that he has. <laughs> so that was Foster Bureau talking about Brian Kelly. And, uh, hey, you know, he didn't, he didn't really mince words. He didn't say anything derogatory, cause, but it just – that pause, which I think we counted it as either six or seven seconds – which is a lot of, that's a lot of time to sit there and pause and ponder what you may say or don't want to say or get your thoughts together. Um, and it was conspicuous. So uh, I don't know. You know, I hopefully Brian Kelly and Foster Moreau could sit down and talk. And usually, you know, when you're, when you're a new coach, if you, if you have any 
intelligence at all, one of the first things that you want to do uh, is, is, is get on good terms with the alma mater. And Foster Moreau uh, is a recent LSU uh, player that's in the NFL. Um, he's somebody that Brian Kelly could use on, on, on his side. Um, so hopefully th th those two are able to, uh, to come to some sort of, um, you know, uh, accord because that's only going to help Brian Kelly. And, uh, and I think that <laughs> by, the sound, by the sound of it, Foster Moreau would like to find out more about Brian Kelly before making his thoughts known. Now, we also, you know, we were, we were talking when we were talking to Foster uh, after he left, just talking amongst ourselves uh, in the media room. Maybe he just had um, a strong connection to, to Coach Oak at, uh, at Ordrin, and that's you know, so so all of a sudden here comes the new coach that's replacing a coach that you played for and loved. Uh, and we're committed to, that's not always an easy thing. You know, even if you're not in the program uh, anymore, here comes the new guy in town who replaced somebody that you loved and respected. Uh, and I do know that Coach O has that kind of effect uh, on, on his players. Say what you want about some of the things that, that, that Ed was doing there at LSU, and if some of that's to be believed, <laughs> it was pretty crazy. Uh, but one thing that he that he does is connect with his players, and one thing that he knows is the state of Louisiana and the South in general. Um, and so, you know, obviously uh, that that uh, afforded him a lot of favor in that state at that university, amongst his players, amongst the alma mater. Uh, but he's no longer there, and Brian Kelly is, and so it'll be interesting because here's Brian Kelly from. Grew up in Massachusetts, coached up north at, at Notre Dame, and all of a sudden he's going to go down south to uh, Louisiana State. It'll be interesting to see how that works out. And I don't know if you guys saw it or heard it. I'm sure most of you did. And if you haven't, go check it out on social media. But uh, Brian Kelly uh, introduced himself to LSU fans at a basketball game last night at LSU. And all of a sudden, Brian Kelly from Massachusetts was talking with a southern accent. It was the craziest thing I've ever heard. Like, I'm, I'm a Notre Dame fan, so I know Brian Kelly. He's been the coach at Notre Dame for 12 years. I've never heard the way he said things last night, like he said, like, ever. So I'm wondering, one day, two days, three days in Louisiana, all of a sudden you have a southern accent? Doesn't quite add up. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila and Bajador, Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m. on a Friday. Welcome back to In the Huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, live from the Treasure Island Sportsbook. Uh, I, I think it's, truthfully, it comes down to just being patient and understanding um, the task at hand. I, uh, I wouldn't consider myself to be a very selfish person or have a very selfish mindset about how much I want to contribute to this offense. Now, I know I can contribute in ways that don't show up in the stat sheet, uh, and that's really where it's important. Um, I, I think... Putting your best ball on tape and fighting for one another is way more important to me than, than catching a 20-yard special. Like, it's just not – it's never really been my MO at any level of football um, to check the stack sheet after the game. It's just not, it's just not who I am. And it's, it's never been the most important thing that I've, that I've brought to the table. Um, but when I do get the ball thrown my way, I always just try to make the play when it's ready. And you always act like it's coming to you. Because if you don't, then you're going to be caught out. That's Foster Moreau, uh, Raiders tight end, who's going to have a uh, probably a big say in what happens on Sunday 
we don't know for sure if Darren Waller is playing or not, but it seems to be trending in that direction where he's going to sit out uh, on Sunday with the, uh, the uh, knee strain uh, that he suffered against the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, it's next man up. Foster has shown that he's more than capable uh, of doing that. Remember, we mentioned earlier the Raiders beat the Philadelphia Eagles without Darren Waller in the lineup. Uh, but it's really refreshing uh, to talk to um, somebody like a Foster Moreau, who's always very insightful uh, and thoughtful. Uh, he's one of many uh, on this Raiders team. You heard Zay Jones earlier this week uh, when he had when when he joined us uh, in the huddle and how insightful and smart uh, he is. It, it's it's a very it's a common theme uh, amongst the Raiders team, and I think that coupled with obvious skill set. I just did a story on Nate Hobbs. And going through all his numbers in his rookie year, how good he's, how well he's played. Um, we got the national anthem being played over at the rodeo. Uh, it's on television here. Everyone got all quiet. Um, feel like I. Uh... <laughs> anyway, um, so I like it, talking to people that have something to say, and Foster Moreau obviously did. And for him to talk about how it's not about just catching passes and touchdowns and 20-yard gains and stats. He is more about what do I got to do to help the team win? And um, throughout mo- most of the year when Darren Waller is available, that means as a blocker, that means as a secondary wide receiver, that means spelling Darren Waller sometimes, although Darren Waller hates coming off the field. Uh, that means special teams, a lot of special teams. And, and, and Foster talked about uh, the special teams, his special teams role. Uh, this year, but it's going to be a little bit more pronounced uh, on Sunday, and he needs to step up, and I think he's fully capable uh, of doing that, and I think also with Deshaun Jackson, if he's able to play, he's dealing with a little bit of a calf, uh, the Raiders should be in, in they should be well positioned uh, to beat a team uh, like Washington. Uh, not to take anything away from Washington, they're on a three-game winning streak, uh, they've beaten some pretty decent teams, uh, they had a nice game on Monday night against the Seattle Seahawks, uh, but if the Raiders want to get to where they want to get to, and make no mistake, they want to make the playoffs this year. Mike Mayock talked about playoffs at the start of the season. John Gruden talked about playoffs uh, at the start of this season. And they talked about how disappointing it would be if that goal wasn't achieved. Um, they really believe that they're capable of, and I don't think there's anything that, they, that they've shown this year, especially in their better moments, um, that they're that they that's realistic goal but to get there you got to take care of business and I think Sunday represents a chance for the Raiders to win a second straight game I think they're the better team uh, than the Washington football team I'm not saying that you should blow this team out by any stretch of the imagination the NFL is too there's too much parity in the NFL to go into any game expecting a blowout Um, it's 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 hard enough just to get a win but this is a win this is a game that the Raiders have to play well they have to win the Kansas City Chiefs are awaiting um, a week later uh, in Kansas City. It starts a gauntlet of games against the AFC West, against the AFC. Two teams, the Indianapolis Colts or Cleveland Browns, that are in the playoff hunt, that are teams that the Raiders have to jockey out of position to get where they want to go to. But it really does all start on, on Sunday. And I think the Raiders are good enough uh, to win that game, and they should uh, win that game. Keys to the game. Uh, as we close this thing out, I've been saying it for a while now. Just got to play efficiently, play clean football. No silly mistakes. No silly mistakes in critical situations. Jumping off sides on third downs defensively. Illegal procedures in the red zone. 
or on third and shorts or on fourth and short like they did uh, against the Cincinnati Bengals, or I think that was the Bengals, or the Kansas City Chiefs uh, a week before. You can't do those things. If you want to be a playoff team, you have to avoid all of that, and you have to be better than all of that. And when the Raiders have, they've won a lot of football games this year. It's when they haven't is when they've gotten in, tr- in trouble, and they can't afford to let that be the reason they don't leave Allegiant Stadium uh, with, a, with a win on Sunday. They have to get this game. They've missed opportunities against lesser teams like the Giants and, frankly, the Chicago uh, uh, Bears and maybe even the Cincinnati Bengals. They can't let that happen again uh, uh, on Sunday against Washington. I want to say thank you to all of our guests this week. I want to say thanks to uh, uh, Damon Cotton, our great producer back home at home base. I want to say thank you to the Treasure Island Hotel uh, and the Golden Circle Sportsbooks for being uh, great hosts to us. Right now they've turned everything down and put on, we got country music over at the rodeo. So uh, there's a lot of cowboys here, so I guess they're tuning in uh, to the rodeo. It's a pretty big thing here in Las Vegas. I'm headed over to Allegiant Stadium to watch Utah against Oregon in the Pac-12 championship game. I'm getting there a little bit late, and it looks like Utah has already taken a 14 to nothing lead. I can't wait to talk to you guys on Monday to figure out and to talk about and to analyze what happened on Sunday at Allegiant Stadium, the Raiders against the Washington football team. And, oh, by the way, last reminder, don't forget, Saturday, tomorrow, 5 o'clock over at the Rockstar Bar and Grill, we will be there. Uh, Q Myers, my friends over at Raider Nation Radio, uh, colleagues over at Vegas Nation uh, and Las Vegas Review Journal, Uh, We've been doing it all year. It's been a lot of fun. I'll see you guys over at the uh, Rockstar Bar and Grill tomorrow at 5 o'clock. Until then, enjoy the game on Sunday as well. We'll talk to you guys back on Monday. In the huddle, Vinny Bonsignor brought to you by Tequila Embajador, Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m. Talk to you guys on Monday.